1: Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're here for this week's One Last Thing with Slava Cooperstein. Slava, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Ken. How about yourself? Always fun to do this show with you. Uh, we got something that's kind of cool. Uh, we're, we're looking at trends this week uh, of uh, positive and negative things on the Ravens. And by the way, we had a hard time coming up with some negative trends on a 7-2 and two football team that is absolutely dominating the National Football League. But- Maybe they're trends, maybe they're risks. We can call them, uh, but we have four four total negative trends between us, two and two, and we have four positive trends. We probably could have come up with many more if we if we really had been digging deeper on that. And we're going to kind of go through those and talk a little bit about each, and uh, you know, some reasons for concern, some reasons why, why we're uh, pretty darn happy about this Ravens team right now. So Slava, you want to start us off? And I think I think we, we've agreed we're going to do the bad news before the good news this time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, and Ken, I think, I think you're absolutely right. You know, on a team that's seven and two, um, you know, at, you're sort of nitpicking some of the things that you, you know, you think could be better. And, and al- although these things are legitimate concerns, uh, y- you really do have to be, feel really positive about the direction of this team. Mm-hmm. That, that being said, I'll start with, um, the first, uh, negative trend, which has continued throughout the season. And that's the usage of Zay flowers. Um, now, of course, I'm not talking about the fact that he's been featured largely in a number one receiver role. I think uh, his, you know, talent and ability and production, quite frankly, has uh, merited that, and he's I think exceeded um, some of the expectations you might have for a rookie receiver. But you know, the way that they use him—I mean, we harp on this—I feel like almost every week, but it, you know, it—it it hasn't really changed. They—they their uh, his average depth of target is just so low and. So many, uh, so many of these plays where they're either throwing, you know, behind uh, behind the line of scrimmage or just past it, you know, really not um, using what he could really bring to this team. They're really not maximizing um, his talents. He could be clearing out a lot of space for Andrews. He could be, um, you know, he he, he could be uh, drawing some DPI or holdings. Um, and so th- I think that there's a lot more to be untapped um with with how they're using Zag currently
1: yeah I, I it's a topic we've discussed a number of times. I think there's actually an opportunity with the emergence of Keaton Mitchell, and he's obviously going to get a lot more playing time now that uh, they will have other options in terms of some of the shorter gadget plays uh they They have not made use of duvernay in fact they've they've not got him on the field much at all these last few weeks. He's been kind of a forgotten man, but he did have two catches this last week for ten yards. Um, possible he could he could be involved more in the offense. Of course, Justice Hill is a is a regular in the backfield. He had the most carries by far. I'm uh, sorry, the most snaps by far. He also had the most carries this last week. So I, I think his uh, uh, his use will continue. But it should be a case where the Ravens have at least one and often two speed players on the on the field at uh, at one time. And they're, they're they're certainly capable of manufacturing three. And I think that's going to lead to more downfield usage of Zay and and more effective um, uh, taking of defensive attention than he's got so far.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, I guess the only thing I'll add to that is uh, Keaton Mitchell's first play um, a couple weeks ago before he mm-hmm. uh, had that minor injury was a gadget play. So, I mean, that does sort of, um, you know, give you hope that he'll be a, a little bit more featured in that role than Zay.
1: Yeah, two his first two snaps were both pony pony snaps where he's in as a second back and they're the only two that the Ravens have run this year so very exciting to 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 see that. Uh okay, I'll take another negative trend. I think you know the, a big one is that the fumbles continue. And it's been something that the Ravens could not really get over in 2018 in Lamar's first year, they just had, you know, mesh point problem after mesh point problem. Fair number of problems with Lamar losing the football in the pocket as well. I'm not as concerned about the strip sack type fumble. I mean, obviously I think that was unavoidable. It's the it's the ball transfer fumbles that have, have really got to be reduced. And, you know, we have yet to see a problem with Keaton Mitchell in terms of the, of the mesh point, uh, but there haven't been also a lot of times where he's worked from it. It's mostly been just straight handoffs. So uh, hopefully when, you know, as – as they are doing more of that and and trying to still you know mix Lamar's uh, speed and dangerousness into the game, they they will uh, not create more problems for themselves with fumbles uh, as the year goes on.
2: Yeah, I mean, hopefully this is going to be uh, something that's you know coachable. You would think that they would be. Um... You know, they'd be past this at this point, um, but but they do need to figure it out. Um, I find it frustrating when people say, you know when when somebody strips X Lamar and and somebody's, you know' mm-hmm. says, like there's Lamar fumbling, and you know you can't do anything in that situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you really can't. That's really more on the o line. Um, so uh, you know, I, I will say I don't think that I've seen uh, too many fumbles in in recent weeks that were kind of just, I mean, there were some that were just, uh, you know, completely inexplicable um, as opposed to the mesh point ones, which which do need to be cut down. But, but at least, you know, we're like down to like one real category of fumble that mm-hmm. seems to be a coaching technique issue.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Beckham fumble downfield, you never want fumbles from your receivers. Uh, extra effort on on receiving plays is a significant source of fumbles. The the one thing that I really don't want to see from Ravens players anymore is hurdling. Um, I don't think I don't think hurdling has ever proven to be a good payoff in terms of fumble risk.
2: Yeah, uh, it, although it was fun when the uh, when the you know for for a few weeks when the when all the, all the tight ends were sort of <laughs> competing as to who mm-hmm. could who could hurdle the most. It, it looks cool, but uh, but it's not fun when you turn the ball over.
1: I think you're up, right? Your second yeah.
2: negative. Yeah, my second negative. Um, so this is the one that kind of concerns me the most, and that's the um, uh, current state of the defensive line rotation. Um, you know, all, all the players on the D-line are just having an outstanding season, um, but they they are playing a significant number of snaps, and, you know, just carrying those five defensive linemen, I mean, can't, could catch up to the Ravens. Um, and, you know, there's there's a couple of... It, it's not just the number of defensive linemen that the Ravens are, are starting week in and week out. It's, it's also the fact that, um, you know, we haven't seen the outside linebackers kick kick in too often. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen, um, uh, you know, oftentimes, as you, you've noted in, in the past, we've had games where uh, where the Ravens were out-snapped, um, and that leads to um, pretty pretty significant number of snaps for these guys. What you don't want is for uh, the linemen to start hitting a wall late in the season when they're going to be needed the most. Um, I see no reason why the Ravens shouldn't bring in whether it's in DaMarcus Kung or or some other player just, just to take some snaps. Um, uh, you know, particularly, I mean, if you're if you're looking at uh, you know a blowout like we had last week. Um, you know, you have, you have a real opportunity to, to say, you know what, we, it's a very low risk for us to not have our top guys out there. Um, So let's, you know, manage their loads a little bit.
1: Yeah. That's a position where they don't often take those guys off the field. Um, They did a little bit in this last game, but they don't, they don't do it too much. Uh, A couple things about what you're saying. First of all, completely agree with you. They have averaged 2.18 defensive line snaps per game. Now, their number is actually, sorry, per play, I should say, per play. So what that means is that the average defensive lineman has to play 43.7% of snaps. That's too high for a lot of linemen. Like Brent Urban at this point in his career he's not playing 43% of the snaps ever. There was a time when he played 50% of the snaps, but, but that's not happening again. Um, Travis Jones probably could play a little more than he is, but he's already up, you know pushing 37%, which is about where I'd like him to be. To be honest, Broderick Washington's at 42%. Uh, and then the, and you have the two people who they're depending on tremendously, Michael Pierce, 56.7%, and Matabike, 64.9%, both way too high. And I would agree with you that that, that there's, you know, there's a couple ways to address it. One is with a sixth offensive lineman, uh, sorry, a sixth defensive lineman, and do a little bit more rotation. That really does change your game day mix of players. And you have to figure out where else can I make a sacrifice? Can I play with two tight ends? Can I play with one less defensive back, probably one less corner, and and deal with what that does to my to my special teams? Maybe one less outside linebacker. Maybe Tavius Robinson has to sit for for Sue if he were uh brought on. That'd be kind of a shame. Tavius has been playing pretty well against you know, the run lately. It'd be it'd be a shame if that had to happen. On the other hand, um, keeping this defensive line healthy is one of the real strengths of the team, and it could quickly, quickly become one of the weaknesses. Um, if this overplaying were to continue. And, uh, you know, we've been kind of knocking on wood all year. We've been, Ravens have had a lot of injuries, and yet Michael Pierce has not fallen victim to any. And he's also been one of the most important players. We've also, you know, seen that uh, Justin Matabike in past years has been a guy who's kind of worn down as the season goes on, and he's always been more effective with fewer snaps played. This year, he's playing at a much higher level um, and playing very well. But I wouldn't want to tempt fate on that either. I'd rather have him play less and maintain his freshness as a pass rusher, which has just been phenomenally effective for the Ravens this year. So, uh, you know, it's it, I, I think it is a is a significant point of concern you bring up.
2: Yeah, you just never know when when a player is going to hit you know hit that wall, and when when that happens, the production just really drops off. And and uh, you know, aside from you know, a significant injury or something like that, um, you know, that's what would concern me most um, about this, uh, uh, about this defense, which is, you know, performing at just an unbelievable level. So, mm-hmm. you know, something you want to see carry over
1: into the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll give you, I'll give you my other trend that is negative. Um, the UFAs the Ravens have um, are making it very difficult for the team to resign. them. this is a double-edged sword because a lot of these guys, they aren't going to resign anyway, so you may, they may as well have great seasons on the way out, deliver a 2023 that is really special with a deep playoff run, um, and and go out in a blaze of glory and a and a high comp pick. Um, you know, so I'm 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 not I'm not unhappy for these players. I think you know a lot of these guys are going to going to end up going, and it's just you know part of the price of being a good drafting team is you end up having to make heartbreaking decisions about who how you have to let go. But just to go through the names here. I think all the following guys are likely to not be Ravens next year. And, and that starts with Edwards, slim possibility being back, but, but I think he's likely not a Ravens. Zeitler is almost certainly gone. Uh, Stone is almost certainly gone. Matabike is almost certainly gone. Queen is almost certainly gone. We can do a little handicapping of, of maybe what we think about percentages of these guys, and, and I think that'd be worthwhile. But uh, I do not think that uh, Pierce is going to be around or that Clowney is going to be around, or that Van Noy is going to be around. I have the name Simpson in here, but that, that's not right. That's not who I mean. Uh, but anyway, uh, no, 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 of course, I mean John Simpson, the the, the left guard. So he's likely gone as, as well. Uh, Trenton Simpson will be here. That's, <laughs> that's for sure. But that just scratches the surface because those are the guys who there will really be a free agent market for. Those guys, I think, uh, each of them has a chance to be signed in the early portion where the comp formula is being calculated. Now, Clowney and Van Noy Noy may not be, but they're having such good seasons, I think it's possible they will. Uh, If they stick around, improves the chances the Ravens get them back, but that's a really big list of names to lose. At at the high end, I haven't even gotten to the backup guys yet.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, obviously, that's that's a significant concern, particularly given the... um, Particularly given the... uh, number of um the the amount of cap space we've uh, used up next season uh that being said you know i i do think that uh, you know the ravens value re-signing their own to a really high level so I, I i think there is a chance that they would try to make a push for one of those uh, for one of those guys and uh, one one or more of those guys but i you know i i the the juice is not worth the squeeze for Patrick Queen, for example, because there's just too many different ways that you can deal with that. Right. Um, But, but when it comes to, uh, you know, a player like, you know, Michael Pierce, I think the pitch is, look, you know, you were here with us in the beginning, you left to go to Minnesota and now you're back. You know, uh, you've, you've had that experience. You've gone to different play, you know, teams in the league. And, you know, we think that we can, you know, offer you uh, it, it sort of it's it sort of a better organization to work for. I'm not I'm not you know saying anything down on 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 uh, on the Vikings or anything, but you know, you, you know we've well, seen tons of clips where veterans who have joined the ravens after playing for other teams for a long time with justin houston um
1: uh,
2: yeah just just talking about what what a first class organization this is and at some point in your career there are those guys that are like you know i either want to you know continue to stay in one spot or i want to you know be in a place where i'm gonna win i just in the numbers game you think you got to think that there's at least you know a couple people that um might might fit uh that mold and uh and you know they've had some luck re-signing some of these veteran um out outside uh you know outside linebackers or edge edge players uh just by virtue of the fact that the market just doesn't seem to be quite as big
1: okay i'm I'm, I'm looking for for just a quick handicapping of these players and we'll go one at a time and rip through them just really quickly in terms of your feel we won't have to discuss it at all sure. but uh, uh just give me a percentage chance of of these guys being re-signed we'll start with edwards
2: you know, I, I don't. I don't feel bad uh, about uh, Edwards' uh, chances of being re-signed just because the market's not that high. So I would. I'd put it at thirty-five
1: percent. Okay, I say go say twenty-five. Zeitler.
2: Uh, well, he is playing better now. Um, I, I think. I think that really depends on Zeitler. Um, but I would put it at a at twenty.
1: Okay, same as same twenty Stone.
2: Uh. I think it depends on what the market looks like. I put it at uh, also 20.
1: Okay. I go to 10 on Stone. I just don't see that happening with him having two safeties. I might have gone to five. Matabike. Matabike,
2: um, boy, he's going to be expensive. I, um, I, you know, I put that at
1: 10%. Okay. I'm going to say 15, and that's actually a little higher than I was before, but I think there's a chance he gets tagged. So mm. you know, it, it, that could be the way they keep him. Uh, how about Queen. I, Queen, I think, is the lowest of all is 5%. Okay. I think test is not a reason. I, I put 10, but I think I think you're, you're on the money there. John Simpson.
2: You know, Simpson feels like he's a guy that they could kind of offer early if they feel comfortable enough with his play. He has stacked together a number of good weeks. Put it at
1: 30. Okay. I have it at 40%. I, I just don't think there's think a big market for him. They have a need – so if you know, obviously some of it has to do with how well he plays the rest of the way. Right. So if he if he have if he if he blows it out of the building, you know, he's he's gonna be gone. If he if he uh uh if his play kind of continues to sputter along, the penalties return, then I think he's he's got a pretty good chance to be re signed here, even though you know it's 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 kind of a weird situation where the player has to play poorly for to to resign him. Michael Pierce, and okay, let me come up with a number on Pierce, yeah. You know, Michael Pierce, I'm gonna put at um
2: I'm gonna put it forty five percent.
1: Okay, I have him at fifty. I think he's a guy who who fits the Ravens so well that I think he's a good guy. But anyway, a, that's a good one. Clowney. Okay, let me get my number clowny number down so I'm not cheating off your number here. Yeah, Clowney okay. I'll put I'll put at um I'll put at fifty. Okay, thirty five for me. I just I think there will be a market for him um there. Van Noy. I'd also put him at fifty. Okay. 35 for me again. I I think the Ravens don't really have that one outside linebacker guy they like on a year-by-year basis. They did have McPhee for a few years, but um, they move around. They switch around a fair amount. Uh, So that's it in terms of those guys. But let's talk about the secondary group. I mean, J.K. Dobbins is going to be gone. Now, whatever you think about Keaton Mitchell, and we're going to have some nice things to say about him, no doubt, on this show, but – J.K. Dobbins was the big loser in Mitchell Mania. I do not see him coming back to the Ravens after that game.
2: I, I really don't. I mean, unless unless Keaton Mitchell just turns out to be fool's gold and, and, and that becomes, you know, abundantly clear by the end of the season. But, like, based on what he's done in the preseason, based on what he was doing in practice, I, I just don't think that's the case, I think. I think... It's bye bye to J. K., which is a shame. Um, yeah. he, was, he was a player a lot of us were excited about.
1: Yeah, it, it is a darn shame. Uh, Duvernay is a guy. Uh, it may just be a money thing, but they, they t- look like he's he doesn't appear to be part of their plans. Has some good returns. Um, they're not going to pay him as a return man. Uh, maybe you know he could come back at a very low contract. But I think there's some other team that's going to say, yeah, that's our guy. Two years, six million, kind of that we're willing to pay primarily as a return guy.
2: Yeah, I think it's a very low chance. I, I don't know what they're doing with Duvernay. I don't get it. They elected to pay him $4 million. They didn't have to, and I don't think they're getting $4 million worth of return um, mm-hmm. from him, and, uh, and I don't put that on Duvernay. I put that on the team.
1: I, I agree with that. I think he was more of an insurance policy, given they had players like Aguilar and Beckham who were not only injury risks but play risks, and Aguilar's really turned out. And, uh, yeah. you know, been a much better player than they, than they thought it would be. And they're having trouble getting him snaps right, uh, or, or getting him targets anyway, no, not necessarily getting him snaps. Right. Uh, so that's a, that's a good point. Harrison. Um, okay. I mean, I, I would think he's very likely to be resigned, but he is a free agent and, and, and he's a, he's a perfect guy for a Ravens two year deal.
2: Yeah. I, 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 completely agree. Like, like, like we sort of mentioned before. So one of these, you know, NFL survivor type guys, um, um I, I, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, Levine. He, he, no, he um, he played a lot for Ray in the 2012 Super Bowl year. Um, uh, uh, I am Badejo. Um No, uh, he was he. Well, I mean, he did play a lot on special teams, but it McClane, was McLean, McLean, yeah, 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 McClellan, 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 uh, yeah. Albert, Albert McClellan. Mm-hmm. You know, Albert McClellan, very similar in terms of uh, not in terms of you know Bill, because. S- Malik Harrison is just this like big hulking guy, but um, Mm -hmm. you know, Albert McClellan played, you know, every position, every linebacker position, um, you know, at different, at different times. He was a very smart player, very capable player. Wasn't necessarily going to give you like, you know, splash plays all the time or anything like that but he was dependable and he played a lot on special teams and uh you know i could see malik harrison carving on a very similar role for himself
1: yeah be cool to have him in town he's he's definitely he's a fan favorite i think at this point with some of his uh play and hope he really was playing some great football at the beginning of this year and hopefully that uh uh, he can he can finish off strong in in 2023 uh, you know this is a really interesting one but what about Huntley?
2: i you know, as as great of a story as Snoop is, I think I think we need to cut the cord. And I think I mean I think it depends on who you get to uh, replace him. Um, but I think that we need more out of the passing element to um, our, our backup quarterback. I think it's always been like it's always been tremendously overstated, like that it's a good thing that he runs because Lamar can run too. Your uh-huh. quarterback needs to be able to pass um Huntley had a, you know I think you said earlier this week that Huntley threw the best pass of his career just now to Odell Beckham and that's and that's nice and it's cool that he was pro bowl quarterback and you know I hope I hope he gets some money elsewhere but we need a better passer at the position and you know I just hope that you know I
1: hope that Tyrod Taylor becomes available because that's yeah, that, that's who I would get oh that, Tyrod Taylor would be that'd be a good one yeah uh Sam Mustafer. Now, he's been a guy really underutilized by the Ravens, I think that might be a reason why he's not back, but he's he's been inactive some weeks, which is incredible. Um he started the year on the practice squad. He was a um a fourth-year guy, uh so they had the vet op, sorry, the they did not have the vet option on him this year, I think. Yes, yes, yes. he had to go through waivers as a as a fourth-year player. So it was a no, no. I'm sorry. He didn't have to go through waivers. Although I thought he was a fourth-year player, that's what right. it was. So right. they they handshake deal to him. So anyway, he's eligible for a for to be a multi-year handshake deal here in Baltimore if he wants to be. Uh, don't know if there'll be a market for his services, but but he hasn't played badly at all when he's been in there.
2: No, and uh, you know, quite frankly, if he can, as I understand it, he can play some uh, some guard as well. Um, so if he can give you anything guard while being a capable backup center. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I I think then you have two very uh, reliable uh, you know backup linemen between him and McCarey, and uh, and I think that's a you know really great and rare thing for us to have. So I I, I would explore that for sure.
1: Yeah, McCarey by the way, fantastic week. Uh, yeah. This this last one is uh, the first Ravens lineman to get an A plus this year in my system. So, uh, out, outrageously good game. Uh, Phillips is another guy now. Really emerged this year as a guy who you know was backup linebacker, a great player in the preseason, a real big story in camp. Don't know if he stays around or not, but but another one, and we don't have to talk about every one of these guys. Yasin, a guy I think is gone for sure, uh, does not really seem to be happy here, I, I, and inactive this last week, which is really strange because he was ill, but he but, but he came back on Friday, so it seemed like he would be active, but uh-uh. uh. Then I got a few more names, Seymour. Uh, is out there he's probably replaceable but he's also a nice guy for special teams that the ravens like and they seem to like to vet men those guys um just to go a little faster warley is is out there i actually think warley is is maybe a priority vet men guy i agree to
2: keep uh, yeah yeah i agree i think i think he's he gives you a lot in the uh uh in, in this split safety um in the split safety role opposite of uh you know uh marcus williams so they could they could that could be the pair of safeties that they're rolling with next season.
1: Yeah, it, it could be. Obviously, if they lose Stone, um, Aguilar is a guy I think is probably gone. But uh, and maybe just looking for a greener pasture. That but uh, he's at a point in his career where honestly, working in a system like this that that really values space and whatnot, he might he might be a guy who stays here. He's having his best year in years, sure. which is good. Since I think 2020, he had a good year with the uh, with. With the West Raiders, yeah, 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 I think so. So uh, uh, then we got Beckham. I think he's probably just about a zero percent chance to be back. Uh, I don't think the Ravens want him. I'm not sure that 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 uh, um, uh, he wants to be here either.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't. uh, Yes, I think he's. I think he's totally gone. Um, I don't. uh, But I don't. Um, I don't think he's been in like a negative presence or anything. I. I think the most negative thing you would say about him, Mm -hmm. uh, in my in my opinion, yes. Aside from the extremely (laughs) high price tag, um, and and, you know, you just shake. You just shake your head and you think, you know, if if they had just somehow held out. I mean, I don't remember the timing of, of it all, but you know, when Arizona ended up just dropping um DeAndre Hopkins. And yeah, boy, and <laughs> it just would have looked a lot better um for, for for the money that we paid. Um but uh but yeah I mean he's you know he's sucking up too many of the targets I think. Um and uh but, but but I think yeah it snaps and but I think we are trending in the right direction, which is something we'll cover shortly.
1: Okay. I, I, I want to make a comment about about Beckham because in, in my career as an actuary, one of the things I really love to do was get value out of interns. Interns just, they absolutely rock. And what's great about them is when you bring them in, you don't know exactly always what you have, but you, but you, you want to expect the moon and sometimes you get it, it was always my philosophy with, with bringing in interns, really sharp kids. And, uh, you know, they always bring a new approach to, to, to things as well. They know things about how to solve problems online that may be different than your, your older actuaries tend to do. So they're, they're, they're great energizers for the, for the, um, uh, the organization in a lot of ways vet men guys bring some of that too. They're kind of like, and it's, it's reverse in terms of aging. I know I understand, but, but they're the guys who really bring bring, uh, you know, some different approaches, often some veteran savvy to your organization and, and, uh, and teach you how to do things differently but what's funny is you know i i'd offered interns to a division that is kind of kind of paring back on their staff so they're making cuts in the actual department and you offer them interns and and you know the, the response is typically it would be sorely inappropriate for us to, to to be taking on interns when we're cutting so much staff including our actuaries that's, that's it's really the wrong mm-hmm. message to send and and i understand that but if they re-sign Beckham even to a vet min deal, which which might be it might be worth it, uh, and and they have to let all of this talent go, and it's really because of all the dead money on Beckham's contract. There's something about that that just reminds me of that problem yeah. in a major way.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I think he's going to still make some positive contributions to the team this season, but uh, you know, the the price tag predictably uh, did not match the. Um,
1: The production. All right, I'm sorry. This is taking longer than I thought, but let's jump over to the positive side because some of these positive trends are a lot of fun. You uh, start us off.
2: Yeah, I could start. Um, I'll I'll start with the uh, running back group. It seems you know after a good several weeks of a little bit of struggling, it seems like the running back group has finally found its like core set of players and and stylistic fits Mm -hmm. for this team. Um, You know, even though. Gus Edwards and uh, Justice Hill have been playmakers at times in their own right. Um, You know, J.K. Dobbins was really going to be the dynamic player, uh, dynamic runner of that group. Um, Not necessarily because he has, you know, top end speed in the league or whatever, but he had just excellent vision, excellent understanding of, you know, how to – how to manipulate a defender and put him on skates and just you know make his jump cut. Um, so you know, obviously, the you know Keaton Mitchell had his breakout game this season, and it seems like it's going to be, um, you know, uh, a, a really nice long career for him with with uh, plays like those. Um, it, it, the thing that was really encouraging to me about a number of uh you know Mitchell's runs is that he he wasn't bouncing to the outside he was he was running between the tackles he broke through a number of arm tackles and displayed some really you know great vision and explosiveness he he has really given a spark to this running group which at times was relying on um you know Melvin Gordon and Kenyon Drake mm-hmm. and it seems like that you know that was
1: a lifetime ago so yeah,
2: yeah looking looking good
1: yeah, I, I I really loved his tackle breaking in this game. That's the thing, and I and I have to kind of pare back my expectations after you know breaking eight tackles on nine runs in, in yeah. his in his first uh, game with any carries. But man, that's a breath of fresh air. And I, the, the guy he kind of reminded me of, and this is unfortunate because it didn't work out for this guy is, is Justice Hill. In the two thousand nineteen start against the Steelers, he ran with all sorts of power in that game yeah. and was running people over, running right through tackles. I do think this was kind of a tired um Seattle team sure uh, yeah. Yeah. West to east travel you know he didn't Mitchell didn't come in until late in the second quarter when the Ravens were already kind of dominating the game or, or or starting to have their way with him and then he got a lot of his you know big well he got a lot of his big carries actually on that very first drive, but he did have you know another good series of runs. Uh, in the second half when they were very tired. You know, it was Tyler Huntley's first drive in the game. And they'd already had over 60 snaps in the game. So it was, it was a, it, you yeah, know, I, I, I'm paring back my expectations some. But I want to I hit on the other thing you said, which is that it's a stylistic fit. I talk about that all the time, obviously, on my show. And and I really want the Ravens to have a combination of a speed guy, a cutback guy, and a power guy. And I, for the first time this year, and probably for the first time since J.K. was last healthy for an extended period in 2020 um i feel like the ravens have the have a full set yeah to uh uh to put that together it's been they've been through this whole rotation of geriatric backs they brought in uh who have just been you know too really too old to produce and and uh they've still done a little bit for the ravens you know there's there's a lot of these guys were well over four yards of carry but uh all that tells you is that that almost anybody would have been over four yards of carry in the moment offense and uh uh, very very positive on the running back room right now definitely
2: uh looking forward to the home run hitting uh ability
1: yeah yeah that uh, I, the, the the two I have are so are so good I don't know which to save for last but I'll start with the offensive line play and how much that's improved in recent weeks uh really coming on Linderbaum playing well um he, he had a couple of plays as a pass blocker that were not perfect this last week. In fact, it was his worst game for pressures as, I, as I'd scored it. But in general, uh, he had a very fine game, and, uh, and he's been playing. He's continued to play well in the run. I think there's been a kind of a natural regression from that. He's, his, his, his progression as a pass blocker has been one of the biggest single improvements in any player all by itself. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's just, it's so important for, for uh, that to be, there's a, there is a pod out there. Uh, it went out on Monday called Pass Blocking Expectation. It's from, or Pass Block Expectation. It's with Timo Riska, who's the R&D head for PFF. It's a great, a great formula out there. want to plug that again and get people to listen to that. Uh, but the Tyler Nebom information in there is particularly good. So uh, uh, the offensive line play in general, I'm still a little bit worried about Ronnie Stanley, but he's one of the players I'm looking at and saying stylistically, uh, qualitatively, not stylistically, qualitatively, he's had better games the last few weeks. He did give up the sack to Mafé, but it actually was his best game of the season, even that considered. And that was his only negative play. Uh, he had a couple other plays where he, he was going to allow a pressure, maybe even a sack again to Mafé and, and Lamar ran him out of trouble. Um, those those hit his adjustment very hard this week. So he didn't get the adjustment he would have or he would have been even a higher score. But uh, I really have liked you know seeing Ronnie uh, look improved against a you know a quality opponent this week.
2: Yeah, I mean it's nice it's nice to see. Uh, so first of all, yes, Linderbaum has just been. You know, improved significantly. Both guards had had their uh, problems earlier in the season. Have stacked mm-hmm. a number of good games back to back to back, which is really what you want to see, particularly in Zeitler's case, where you were just wondering, uh, you know, is this a, yeah. you know, is this a health thing? Is this an age thing? What's going on? Seems to be back, rounding out to, uh, you know, the form that you would expect. Um, you know, Ronnie just looks healthier every every week. You know, he he's not necessarily. Um, you know, at the level that, uh, maybe even that he was at last year. Um, but, but he's, he's looking better and more confident. And, uh, you know, he, he was anchoring better in some, uh, instances than I'd seen in recent weeks. Um, so he's, he's looking very good. And of course, you know, the carry filled in very admirably, Mm -hmm. um, for Morgan Moses on the right side. And, um, I, I think I saw that, uh, Moses returned to practice today. So, um, you know, should, should be looking good. They're, they're they're playing well. And I think that Lamar's confidence in, in throwing is uh, reflective of that.
1: Yeah, 13 out of 26 ATS opportunities this last week. Now, there was a lot of four-man rush from Seattle, but that was the highest rate of the season. And uh, really good to see a game like that tossed out there. Uh, I'm just very excited about the OL play. Yes,
2: yeah, st- stiff test for them this week. But, uh, but, you know, hopefully they'll be up for it. Um, yeah all right uh so my uh, uh final positive um is the uh sort of uh, latest development i i guess maybe the sample size is too too small for um uh to to necessarily call it a trend but um you know bateman and likely's reemergence in the offense now bateman this has gone back a couple games um mm-hmm. uh, you know and it's highlighted by uh his um his catch in the Arizona game i believe where he um basically went back and uh you know kind kind the of became like yeah he yeah, he 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 stole back what would have been a sure interception um and and has been looking just better and better i you know Bateman has looked good for a good part, part of the season. I, I would say most of the season when he's been healthy other than the Steelers game where he had a couple crucial drops, he's been looking good. he's been running great routes. he just hasn't necessarily been getting them the, the, getting the targets. but over the last two to three games, he's been um, he's really been rewarding um, Lamar pretty much every time that the ball is thrown his way. He's been making some incredible catches. He's been fighting for the ball and he's been getting yards a- after the catch.
1: Um yeah, go ahead. So you so see two incomplete passes in, in thrown his way in this last one, and both of them were overthrows on deep balls. So I've got a couple of things to say about that. First of all, great that they're taking some deep shots. Yeah. Fantastic. I, I just would like to see those be more trust balls that are not made to overthrow Bateman or nothing else kind of thing, but thrown up with enough air under that, that Bateman can go run to the spot Get to it, particularly when the defender has his back to the quarterback as the ball is thrown. You know, that's an opportunity in man coverage to to have really good things happening um, in that spot. And it seemed like in both cases, the corner was chasing to, to try and keep up with Bateman. Had half a step, maybe in each case. That's a, it's a it's a you know it was unfortunate that in both those cases those balls were overthrown because it would have been a you know nice opportunity, the case and a great chance for additional trust, which is really the big thing for both these players. Likely four targets uh, caught them all. In fact, you know you go back this whole season. Likely's only only had one ball thrown his way that he hasn't caught, and that was that horrible drop against the Colts, which is one of ten plays maybe in that game that cost him the game. Yep. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, I, I, both those guys, to, to have them earn more trust is great. I think we're at a point, honestly, where Beckham probably needs to take a few less snaps. Bateman needs to, needs to take more snaps. They did a very good job, by the way, of balancing snaps for the receivers, for everybody except for Duvernay. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, that's that's how I would cut it. I would I would take about 20% of Beckham's snaps away at this point and give them to, to Bateman if I wanted to. You know, even more. Keep the keep the group fresh and keep the group in, in, as talented as possible.
2: Yeah, and I mean that's that's also I think a good thing for for Beckham too, right? Because mm-hmm. he has he has ability, he has veteran savvy. You know, but but you, you you need that later on in the season, right? You know, he he needs to stay healthy, and the way that you do that is lowering your snap count a little bit. Um, you know, first three weeks. Uh, of the season. Isaiah likely had four targets, caught mm-hmm. three of them. Last week he had one target, which he caught. Uh, sorry, two weeks ago against Arizona, he had one target, which he caught. And then this past week he caught all four of his targets. He nearly doubled his targets and receptions for the season. Mm-hmm. Um actually he did double receptions. his receptions <laughs> for the season. You know? And uh and and you know it's just great that that he got involved in, you know, I, I love a game where I really love a game where you see backups who haven't seen the field in forever for a positive reason. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not, not because anybody's injured, but like, you know, at some point, you know, you're, you're playing so well that you're, you're okay with trotting foul. out there. Okay. Well then we're, we're in a really good spot. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, I hope that this, um, is an indicator that, um, that there's going to be a conscious effort to get more players involved because, quite frankly, if you know Isaiah Likely is out there on a play and he never gets targeted, then you know the Ravens have basically you know defended the pass to Likely, you know, b- by themselves, you know, by by tele- by telegraphing to the you know defense that you know but there's no way we're going to throw past that guy, and that's not smart.
1: Yeah, it, it, the only guy that I'm really, I'm like, I'm a little conservative about Duvernay and, and reintegrating him into the offense. It's nice to see him get two catches as well. But Charlie Kolar is now the new guy that they need to find out what they have. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he had a, a big drop early in the season. It's still his only target. It was in week one when Andrews was out. So uh, frustrating that I, I'm sure he's very frustrated in terms of not getting back in the game as a receiver. He's at least getting a few snaps as a blocker, but he's almost exclusively that. And it's almost been like a tell. Part of it is that you know he's coming into games late when the Ravens have it won and they're just running the ball down the opponent's throat and he's in there as a run blocker. Uh but he has he's run very few patterns, in fact, the last few weeks. And uh, it would be nice to see him uh, uh you know get back into the offense with a catch uh at least and 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 have some opportunity to gain some trust.
2: It's it's just a smart season-long strategy too. I mean, we've talked about this, right? Like if if you're at the very least, if you're in a position where you've got the game. In hand, it's the second half of the you know fourth quarter, and you've you know you've got some you, you've got some clock to kill, you know. Start start integrating those guys. You know, Mark Andrews does not need to be out there at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Bateman and Zay Flowers they don't need to be out there at that point. You 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 need those guys for for the situations January. where yeah. it's yeah exactly. Um, but but the guys who you may end up having to rely on in January, uh, you know. Could be some of these backups. Could be Colar. Could be likely. I mean, let's hope that we're not, you know, counting on those guys because that means that, you know, something's happened to Mark Andrews. But the reality of this is that this is a physical league. Injuries happen, and you don't want the first time you're throwing a pass to the guy to be, uh, you know, in that situation. I mean, I, you know, I don't think David Tyree got many passes, uh, you know, before he made the helmet catch. Mm. Uh, but, but, uh, but you know that 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 happens only ever so often. So um, I, I wouldn't want to um, you know, place all the chips on that bet.
1: That's a good one. That's, that's certainly a good one. I'll move on. I'll say the last thing I've got is the defensive scheme has continued to trend in the right direction. Here's here's what I see. The Ravens have not really changed their defensive scheme much the entire season in terms of what they want to present to the opponent. It's basically all base or nickel. They don't have any variations on the nickel, really, because they don't have the outside linebackers to, to bump inside. They don't have enough warm bodies right now to really do it. They have a great three-man rotation at the top of the outside linebacker group. They're trying to keep them fresh. A couple of those guys are older, Makes all kinds of sense in the in, in, in terms of how they used them. I don't think they're at a point where they should really use three. They could acquire another and maybe do it. Um, but again, we've also talked about you know Sue maybe being another guy. Um, but but they haven't really changed the the type of nickel they play other than the big nickel standard nickel of where you use Hamilton, which is really a switch on switch off choice. I think they will eventually make uh, when they have the safeties healthy, and certainly when they have four safeties healthy. I think Hamilton moves back to the slot. I don't think there's a question about it. Molet's um, play is kind of confirming that with the last couple of weeks, in particular, the the uh, you know big reception given up this week to uh, Smith and Jigba down the right sideline.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's been just amazing to see how basically um, almost like substitution proof. The, the the defense has been wh- whoever has been called up to bat they've done they've excelled um uh, particularly uh, i think it's n- nowhere is it highlighted more than in the in, in the cornerback room um and uh you know obviously some things had to happen you know brandon stevens emerging uh as a legitimate starting corner in this league you know is is definitely a fantastic thing, but you, you can't forget that Marlon Humphrey has only been back a couple weeks, you know, for a long time, it was, you know, a bunch of guys who we, we really didn't know we were going to get, um, Brandon Stevens included, Um, you know, we, we were all, you know, thinking Rocky Sin was going to be, you know, the, the guy, but really, it's been, you know, plug and play, and uh, also along the defensive line, I mean, it's particularly with the, um, you know, edge rushers, uh, you know have just come in and played extremely extremely well mm-hmm. um so it, it, it's just a I, I think it's a real credit to not only the scheme but recognizing which players they can pick up because they've picked up a lot of these guys in season yep. uh, which players are going to be able to contribute within the confines of the scheme and they've played so well within the scheme um and, uh, you know, lar- largely in part, I think, to the excellent middle linebacker play um, and the and the safety play.
1: Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And I, I, the Pierce-Mata-BK tandem has been very, very special for this team. And they're playing basically now all the same snaps. So They played the same exact 27 snaps in, against the Seahawks, for example. Uh, but, they, but they've really been playing a huge, overlapping number of snaps. And I wouldn't have guessed that at the beginning of the season. I would have said... Pierce is an early down snap eater, and Matabike, I want to save for obvious passing downs, but they've been so complimentary as pass rushers that's that's really worked out. And I'll give you the last element of this trend that I think is really good is that they faced a kind of a generally increasing difficulty of opponents as the as the season is worn on, and this defense has continued to hold up to all that. In fact, in some ways, it's improved. It's you know they two of the most dominating games of all time against the lions and the seahawks were both against good teams um you know they went into cleveland and kicked the snot out of the browns which obviously you know they had quarterback issues at, at that problem but they also pretty much kicked the snot out of them on offense too it's yeah. just, I, what they've done to to good teams reminds me a lot of 2019 and i know i'm saying that a little bit early but in 2019 it really didn't matter who they played after week four um they beat them they beat them very handily that included that you know the san francisco game and uh going out to seattle playing a really tough game and 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 taking care of business very handily uh so oh, oh, it, the play against good opponents was was extraordinary that year
2: yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing um you know how they handle uh you know a healthier joe burrow and more and more to the point the the um uh, that that Miami offense, um, mm-hmm. you know, who which is not uh, not looking as, uh you know, as imposing as it did, you know, a few weeks ago, um, you know, Kansas City did a pretty good job shutting them down defensively. And, and Kansas City, I think, easily has the best defense that they've ever had in the Mahomes era, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think anybody's saying, you know, anybody views Kansas oh. City's defense as, you know, one of the premier defenses in the league i mean i think i think the you know the browns and the ravens come to mind and for my money it's the ravens but um you know i think it's really important before you get to the playoffs for you to have really been tested and even if those games don't all go your way um uh, you don't come away with a win but you do come away with experience and if you take that and apply that into the playoffs good things will happen
1: Great stuff. I, I one more question I have about the defense is about the pass rush, and that I'll just ask it is: it, when do you get to the point where you just go along with the scheme is so good, and it, and some of the parts has been so good that we can kind of believe in the pass rush rates? they've had so far this year, which have been accomplished under incredible circumstances. I mean, it's mostly four man rush. They almost never have rushed six the entire year, been a handful of times only. Yeah. Um, at one point do we say, you know what I'm buying into this. This really is how good the past rush is. Yeah. I mean, uh,
2: it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's definitely just a really um, a remarkable accomplishment and, and, uh you know McDonald really seems to have uh a knack for knowing exactly when to you know send that extra guy send Hamilton or whoever it is uh you know and 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 the results have just been really fantastic he 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 I think has a really good feel for when the quarterback is going to see it coming and it's just it's just an unselfish really really disciplined complement of players who you know, they're playing for the sack for the team sack. Um and and, you know, they're they're getting home. What can you say?
1: Yeah. It it's it's just unbelievable to see. And they've still only twenty-six times they've they've rushed with six or seven this year, which actually surprised me a little bit higher than I than I thought it was, but uh uh still twenty six in nine games now is only three per game. So uh pretty remarkable and definitely we, we saw a lot more six man rush with Wink and with Rex Ryan in the past. So uh been, been, it just been The results are incredible. When they've, when they've had a, a great pass rush, they've generally done it with with numbers, at least in part. So, Slava, always a pleasure doing this show with you. Tell folks where they can talk football with you. You can find me on
2: Twitter, at Slava Cooperstein. That's S-L-A-V-A-K-U-P-E-R-S-T-E-I-N.
1: All right, outstanding. Other folks out there who want to do a film study short, hit me up on Twitter. DMs are always open. I'd love to hear from you. This is how I meet new people, find new friends to talk football with. And uh, we'll take your small idea, hopefully, a, 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 a when I say small, a siloed idea, let's call it, an idea that does not expand over all elements of the team to changes you'd like to see, for example. Uh, and we'll talk about, about how that might make a great show. I'll, I'll get back to you very quickly. For Slava Kuberstein, side, this is Ken McCusick saying goodbye, and we'll talk to you next week on One Last Thing.